Hi, you guys, and welcome back to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am super grateful to get to be here today. Um, it is not lost on me, the fact that I get to, to get to be a part of this, to get to be a part of these conversations and your listening and our intersection of humanity. And I am, I am full-hearted today. And I am grateful for this place and the transformation and conversations and, and ideas and change and just the potential of what happens as a result of these conversations. And so thank you. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of, of what this podcast is. You know, I, I hear each time that I get to sit down with somebody who's been listening for a while and I hear them say, like, oh, it was this episode, yeah. or it was this conversation, or it was this moment when I was listening, and then all these things changed for me. And it, it catches me off guard because there's this, this part of me that's like, oh, I hoped so. I hoped Trailer Cast would do that. I, I hoped these conversations would, would birth something like that. I, I hoped this sharing and burying of souls would initiate beauty and and wonder and mystery and good in this world. And when I get to talk to real life human listeners and hear how this podcast has brought something to them, it like, it's, I feel almost like it like destroys me. Like I feel like, oh my heart, I feel shredded in a really good way. Like in a way that's like, oh. I hoped so much, and I am so grateful to know that there is there's someone on the other line, <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. So today's conversation is just like that. It's a conversation with a longtime listener and someone who's had her own specific intersection with this podcast and now is here to share with us her story. If you have ever thought about being on this podcast, I would love to have you. I love these conversations. I love seeing what happens. It is like opening up a gift. It is Christmas morning every time. And so so thank you, brave, beautiful humans who decide to be here and for you who are listening as well. I know that these conversations are, they're long <laughs> and things are happening and, and we have feelings and they, and they connect with what we're going through as humans as well. And so thank you for your listenership. I, I am I'm very grateful for you and to you. So without further ado, trailer cast conversation with Jesse. Jesse, thank you for being here on TrailerCast. It's good to actually see you and not just see your like handle. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where you want to start today. Um, I can start by, well, first of all, thank you for having me on here today. Um, uh, I can start by just kind of introducing myself Love and um, just like kind of maybe like a little bit of my testimony. Love it. Get it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm getting emotional. I don't know why I feel this like spiritual presence. I don't know. Um, Just make room for that. We don't have to rush that. Um, So I am a cancer survivor. I'm super proud to say that. Um, 
I'm 11 years cancer free. Um, when I was in high school, I came down with cancer, <laughs> super unexpected. Um, it doesn't really run in my family. Um, autoimmune disease mm -hmm. does run in my family. Um, so when I was first diagnosed, we thought it was just an autoimmune disease, um, which at first it was, but it changed over the time I was diagnosed into cancer and, um, the CDC changed the name of it to actually be cancer. So it was like this whirlwind of like accepting this new change and um, like abruptly, you know? And um, so I was a sophomore and I was um, on a vacation to Hawaii with my family. It's like a peaceful place where we go to. And I started waking up in the middle of the night with like these terrible back pains and I thought it was just like the bed I was sleeping on or like from jumping in the water off the boat like I was doing these new things that maybe my body wasn't ready for but we came home and I kept having these pains doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment um there they found nothing then went in for an MRI scan and they found a tumor on my spine come on and like my parents oh my gosh it was so hard for them and i finally said well what's wrong with me i want to know and i remember the day they the day they told me you have a tumor on your spine and we don't know if it's cancerous or not so um the end of my sophomore year i took all my exams that next day i had a big surgery scheduled they got it all which i was so thankful for Whoa. but two weeks later it grew back into two tumors. So that's like how vicious it was. Two weeks. So I spent, yeah, in Whoa. two weeks. Whoa. I remember one day I woke, or one day I woke up, I just wasn't feeling good. And all of a sudden my pain came back and I could barely walk. I had to cling to my mom because I lost my walking sensation. I see. It yeah. was so scary. Yes, that is. That's terrifying. Especially you just had surgery. This is better. They got I it just all. Had surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, for a high school, a young high school mm -hmm. woman, um, or girl mm -hmm. accepting these changes of like, um, fitting in. And then all of a sudden, like being this, like almost like new, different person, um, was hard to grasp, but I kind of just went along with it. And, um, like I had my family to support me and like, that's what got me through. Um, anyways, I went into my junior year um, and it just, nothing worked. Everything we did just wouldn't work. And we you, tried steroids, we tried everything. And you still have the two tumors on your spine? Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, after having surgery and everything, I had great friends to help me along that journey. Um, my family was there, but nothing worked. So, um, chemo was the only option. I had an awesome team, okay. um, on, on my oncology department and at Rady's Children's Hospital. Oh, wow. in San Diego. oh yeah. I still I keep my pictures my nurses yeah. to this day. Oh, they're so incredible. Mm. Um, great support team. Those are heroes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so eight months of chemo, um, did the trick, no radiation, but eight months of chemo. I was on a protocol and, um, two other, um, patients were also, um, diagnosed with the same thing that year. Um, I was 
16 and 17, 18 at the time, they were younger, like one was 12, I think, and one was like five. Um, One of them was able to get through it like I was, and a dear friend of mine who I became friends with Mm -hmm. over this journey, she ended up passing away, um, which was super hard. Um, Make room for that. So we created so many friendships and um, through all these different, this weird life path. But anyway, so um, fast forward, I was free of disease, May 29th, 2009. And I went back to school my senior year and I was like ready to get back (laughs) into the school, like ready what I missed. Um, My hair was growing back. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I lost my hair. I I had this like new identity. Yeah, you were like reborn. I was like a reborn woman. Like Mm -hmm. I was ready to conquer the world. And, um, but I wasn't ashamed of like my journey because like that made me who I was like my scar from surgery made me this, like, like that was my battle wound. Like I was so proud and I'm still so proud to this day. Um, evidence that you survived. Yes, I survived. And, um, so went back my senior year and I met my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You'd never awesome. met him before that. No. And he went to my high school all four years. Oh and gosh. so did I. Oh and my our gosh. school had like 4,000 students and I'd never seen him before. But um, we clicked because um, his dad had cancer the same year I did what? and had heart uh, he had a heart attack and so he had heart surgery and so we just kind of clicked and bonded and um I almost felt like I was like this outcast Mm -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. she had cancer Mm -hmm. she has short hair Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know because it's yep that's like that stage and um he was accepting he was like tell me about it and um he he said he almost felt like an outcast. He was like, I was the weird kid. And I said, <laughs> You're like, no, I was the weird kid. Thank you. Um. <laughs> totally. Anyway, so yeah, we've um, been together for ten years, wow. and um, and yeah, we totally bonded on that. And like he says, he, he knew I was the one. I knew he was the one. And yeah, so it just that 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 became me afterwards yeah. and us and um, totally just grown up together yes. we got married four years later we've been married no six years later okay. we um been married for four years now Unreal. and jesse yeah. that's that's a, maybe even to think about that this um this before cancer jesse this after cancer jesse then yeah. literally meeting your husband in this place of freedom right because if you if you're if you're the other you're kind of free because you're like well i'm already like the other right. so like here i am <laughs> no pretenses I've literally just almost died and now I'm alive and I'm like so alive people can't even contain me right (laughs) and then here's my husband yeah wow yeah it was incredible (laughs) looking back now like 10 11 years later looking back and seeing that journey and like in the midst of it I couldn't even fathom like what would go on over the next 10 years Mm. like my mom and I I remember we'd be in the hospital and my parents are actually high school sweethearts and um, we would talk about yes and they've been married um oh my gosh I don't know why I'm forgetting but like over like 30 32 or 33 years um so they've always been an inspiration to me but I remember being in the hospital and my mom and I talking about I'm just gonna meet a guy one 
Sunday. And like, after this cancer is over, like one day I'm going to meet this guy. So that was like something to look forward to. Not like I was looking, but just yeah. looking forward to that one yeah. day. And he came a wow. year, like that next year. It's that's a um, that's a unique narrative. The the optimism in as you're literally undergoing chemo, thinking about the fact that like one day I'm going to meet this person I'm going to marry like that is that's I I think that's actually kind of atypical. So you can see where family of origin narrative is you fall in love and it's your high school sweetheart Mm -hmm. and you have this marriage Mm -hmm. and and so then you like dream yourself into this place of when am I going to meet my partner. Yes. Wow. I'm marveling at that. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How has it been marrying your high school sweetheart? Oh, beautiful. (laughs) He's awesome. What's what's emotional? Um he's my rock he's always there he doesn't judge me for anything i'm never ashamed i can always come to him with everything and he's always picking me up and taking me forward yeah special it's really special he's so special And people say like, oh, he's like, sometimes people say like, oh, he's so silly or he's like, oh, it's Isaac or like something like that. But I'm like, no, (laughs) he is Isaac. Mm. He is Isaac. He's Isaac, yeah. Laughter. Yes, I was just going to say that. (laughs) And oh, he's so silly. (laughs) Yeah. I truly believe that like he was made for me and I was made for him and we're so opposite, but (laughs) I think that's, we bring the best out in others, you know, or in ourselves. I mean, we bring the best out in ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love it. (laughs) And, um, um, I don't know, um, who the audience is that we're speaking to and what their relationship with God is. But before, um, cancer, I, I knew who God was, or sorry, I didn't know who God was. I knew there was a God. Like I had this feeling of a spiritual presence, but I didn't know who he was. And then when I met my husband, he came along and showed me who God was. And just over these last 10 years, like seeing how God has orchestrated everything for the good and how like incredible it's been to just witness that. It, that has a lot of weight for somebody who has like faced cancer, right? It's, it's different when we hear pie in the sky language from someone with a pretty paved road. Yeah. And then to think like in the spaces where I couldn't walk, was going, underwent eight right. months of chemo and yeah. thinking like, oh, I actually understand in my bones who God is, what God feels like. Mm. That's incredible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I resonate with that. There's a sense of, um, and whatever language 
you know, people attribute to God. Like, I think there's something that is so undeniable when you experience something that is greater than yourself, that Mm -hmm. it's more than our words or a story, or it's, it's hard, it's impossible to capture and like, Oh, if I could just tell you this, but it's like, it's, it's like, like the coldness of ice cream. How do you explain that to somebody? It's like, you don't have to taste it. It's just like that cold velvety smooth, but that that doesn't capture it. You have to taste it. And I think that's part of when you've been in a barren, place and then you experience something wilder than anything it's an experience you have to go through yourself mm-hmm. and that's what makes um like religion different from spirituality i think mm-hmm. because it's it's a unique experience mm-hmm. it's your mm-hmm your experience yeah oh yeah no um yeah i i kind of i kind of think that that's almost like um when you said testimony to begin with i think that's like the whole thing is that we're all just trying to capture these slivers of our own unique experience and that is outside of history or religion or text or books or anything it's it's something that is it's so far beyond and outside all that it's it's (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i agree Mm -hmm. i agree Mm -hmm. so where are you now what are you facing now um i'm facing um chaos in this world of this pandemic, this 2020, (laughs) um, trying to balance between finishing school and being a full-time teacher in this pandemic, um, still enjoying my life and, um, my health and, Mm -hmm. um, but not living in fear. Yeah. So um, you're you're a teacher and you're in school. Yes. Okay. Yes. What are you going back to I'm school? I'm a full time student, okay. um, finishing up my credentialing program, okay. and um, I'm also a full time teacher. Oh my gosh. So my students ask me, Miss Lamb, what are you doing like after school today? And I'm like, I'm doing my own school. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot, but I think it's just a season and, um, I'm trying to look at it as it's, um, making me more experienced, mm-hmm. um, and knowledgeable, um, to teach the kiddos. So Are, is both the school you teach and the school you attend, is that all online right now? Um, so the school that I am going to for my college is online and I've been taking it online. Mm-hmm. So that's allowed me to be able to teach full time. Mm-hmm. Um, my school was in person until March yeah. 17th. And then, um, now we're still go, we're actually going back in person. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding Whoa. you. We're going Person. We just pushed back our start date, but we are going back in person. Oh my gosh. Um, as long as San Diego stays off of the uh, watch list, mm-hmm. which I think we just got off the watch list, but we have to be off for two days. Um, <gasps> as long as it's off the watch list, we can still be in person because we are a private school and we have smaller numbers True. that we can make 
the social distancing work. Wow, Jesse, that's like a totally different like reality than like what most everybody else, including my own family is facing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So. I agree because everybody's saying virtual learning, we're doing virtual learning. And so many families have these mixed feelings yeah. because they're so scared of the what's happening with the pandemic. Yeah. And I completely agree, mm-hmm. completely agree. But um, so they want to be online or there's some people that yeah. says, they say, I have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I cannot do online learning with my child. Mm-hmm. I can't, I cannot focus mm-hmm. and do that. I have to go to work. So a lot of parents are storming and saying, are you doing in person? Because we need that. Yes. And so um, we, we have chosen to go in person and I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I miss that. Yeah. No kidding. Um, I will do anything to keep those germs away from them (laughs) because it's bringing back that social, emotional, that connection, because mm-hmm. online, we can only keep it going for so long. Oh, totally. It's but exhausting. Person, yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. But in person, um, it just, it just makes it all better. <laughs> well, they're lucky to have you because that, and they're junior high. Is that right? Middle school? Yeah. They're junior high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that age, um, junior high students need someone other than their parents and to be able to have a place to go where they get to kind of, they're kind of figuring out, you know, who they are and their sense of belonging uh, with their sense of belonging. That's such a good way to say it. Yeah, totally. I'm excited, but at any moment we're ready to go back online if we need to be online. Okay. God, what a weird world we're living in. We're like, these are, you know, some days I wake up and say, we're still in a pandemic. I like, know. yeah, I feel that too. Yeah. 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 What's, what do you think is good for people, maybe parents to know as we face this next year? <laughs> Speak to us. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best thing is um, that we're all in this together. And I feel like, I feel this like entitlement around um, wherever we're going. It's like, well, this is happening to me. And this is like how I'm feeling where, yes, this is happening to you. Of course it is. It's happening to all of us. And your feelings are totally valid. Um, So you, you're, you, you have all the right feelings to feel angry and upset. And there's this change that we haven't been able to slowly embrace. We've had to, grasp it and just cling to it um it's almost controlling our lives whereas like we're losing that sense of control and so the biggest thing i would say is um i don't know um be flexible and remind like give yourself grace and give others grace because everybody else is feeling it too um but as parents go into this new like virtual learning um give your student grace because now you are the teacher. Mm -hmm. You are now going to be a parent in a way that you haven't really been unless homeschool is something that's in your nature. Um, Give yourself grace because this is new for you too. How can kids from kindergarten through five or even middle school or high school focus on the computer (laughs) besides a video game for like four hours? Yeah. Yeah. When, even when we're in the classroom, we're still moving around and walking mm-hmm. and um, going to different learning activities or speaking louder or giggling. Um, 
watching, observing other mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and just being focused and glued to the screen is really boring. <laughs> and I think, I think teachers are trying so hard to make it fun and exciting and um, just adaptable when yes, for a certain amount of time sure. it is, but at the end of the day, it's a computer mm-hmm. and computers can't take over humans. Totally. So um, I had a student over, like it was the very like last week of um, virtual learning and um, the student is usually so creative and um, just so smart. And um, I was trying to make an, a, an activity like fun and engaging. And I said, all right, I'm good. I want you to use your creativity. Like you can go wherever you want with this. And she said, but Miss Lamb, I can't be creative anymore. And for that student to say that spoke so loudly to me because I was like, there, she has no energy left. Totally. totally. And it's not my fault and it's not her fault. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think for parents to like, maybe they're going to see new behavior changes in their children, like anger or just um, squirrely behavior Mm -hmm. or just frustration. I think it's not your fault and it's not their fault. Yeah. God, that's really cool. It's so good to hear that because there's a sense of, um, there's so much happening and there's so much behavior emerging from kids. And I hear this a lot from parents and in my office or people writing in or my own friends or my own children to watch like, what is this about? And creativity comes as this um, spontaneous excess. And when we Mm -hmm. are tired or have less everything, less resources, less margin, there's a weariness that happens that impedes that creativity and so to hear that that even children are being affected or junior high students are being affected in that way is like so mm-hmm. this is hard this is really hard mm-hmm. so um but you can do it i know you can <laughs> it's just a new a new thing to adapt to yeah, it is it's i think that's the part that um is has become wearing is how much mm-hmm parents and children, societies having to adapt and how quickly things are pivoting to, we're on the hotspot, we're not a hotspot, we're here, we're there, we, where can we go, where can we not go, what's open, what's not, um, it's, it's dizzying. It is dizzying. Mm-hmm. It's like taking two steps forward, one step back, and then a tornado coming mm-hmm. and taking you back. Yeah, it's crazy. Hi, you guys. Elise here, your podcast host for TrailerCast podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that TrailerCast is also available on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a special community for creatives. And it is a way to support the people that are behind the microphone or um, on the Zoom call or are doing these things called podcasts. So if you have um, been affected by TrailerCast and feel like contributing to the show and the making of the show, um, I'd be grateful. So if you are interested, you can check out trailercast.com or search us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. But you have three kids of your own, is that right? I do. So are you guys all online or how is that working? Our preschool is private preschool. So my daughter will get to go to preschool in person given that nobody contracts coronavirus or 
you know, the protocols in place with temperature taking and all that. And I actually think that she has missed the most, the structure and the, she's just like a very robust human. And I know that she like <laughs> needs, she needs to get into that world. And so I, I think that she's like hungry for it. She needs a lot. She wants a lot of, from this life. And so I think preschool is a great answer for her. Um, <laughs> my husband and I both work and there's a, it's like a, it's like a weird cross line between it. So there's a movie sliding doors and it's like, you can like, we walk through one door and there's like, there's this life you have and what would happen if you'd walked through the other door and or gone mm-hmm. on the subway at this time. And, and I, I think about this parallel world sometimes of, Oh, I would, I would love to homeschool in my brain. We like live in a van and we like travel, like, it, like we drive around and that we do homeschool in there. But then like, there's this other part of me. It's like, but I, but I, that's not real for one. We don't live in a van and we don't, <laughs> this is not, it's not <laughs> happening. Okay, these are just, this is my fantasy. Um, so the, the reality is I have my oldest Isaac actually like need structure mm-hmm. and love school and my middle is like, please, like, can we just never have school again? Like, he's very happy to never go to school ever again. Who needs school? Let's just play all day. <laughs> while my husband works, while I work, while we've got the world happening. So I'm in a crossroads mm-hmm. of, I like being a parent. I don't know that I want to use, I don't know how to use both my time and energy and ability as mom and teacher. Yeah. So. I get that. And you're not alone in that. And so many families are facing that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, I think I'm like, I could either be a good teacher or I can be a good mom. I don't know that I can be both. I'm like, let's pick one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. What else is on your heart for today? Um, my husband and I have been together for a long time and, um, we're at that stage where we're like, kids would be nice. We're welcoming kids into our life. But, um, you know, we've been trying for over like a year now and, um, nothing's happening. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's harder than others, but we have like all of our friends have kids now. Mm -hmm. And so we really enjoy hanging out with our friends and being around their kiddos. And it's so wonderful. It's like a breath of fresh air. Um, and then here I'm saying, well, when is it going to happen for us? You know? Yeah. I think it's harder as a woman going through it. Um, than a man but it could also be the same he but he's also very encouraging and saying you know when it when it happens it will happen and um not this month but maybe next month or that's that's um, that exhausting game though of like has it been two like, weeks can i take a test has yes. it, you know it's just it's in these two week increments it's a nightmare and it's an ongoing cycle because it's Correct. three days and then it's another 30 days right. and it's another three right. days and, and um yeah. So it's been interesting. Um, and there's always that fear in the back of my head of like, well, maybe I can't have kids mm-hmm. because I went, you know, I had cancer and I went through chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, but my doctors never said, oh, you cannot have children. Mm-hmm. So there's always, there's a hope in me that yeah. one day we'll be able to. Um, What's your OB say? 
I don't have an OB. I just have a um, family doctor, mm -hmm. just like my primary physician. Mm -hmm. She did say after a year of trying, she can refer me to the um, an OB spe um, specifying in mm -hmm. or with a specialty in fertility. Yeah. Um, so I made a call the other day. Look at that. So okay. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's a good thing. But what they said to me wasn't so good. What'd they say? So I made the phone call and I said, hi, my doctor told me to make an appointment with you. She said, oh, what's your name and like your medical record number? And so I'm waiting and she said, oh, I'm sorry, we can't help you. And I was like, why? And she says, because um, your insurance doesn't cover fertility. And I was like, oh, come on. Heartbreak. And I was like, okay, so... Um, thank you. <laughs> and so she says, but we can give you the name to like UCSD's fertility clinic. And I hear UCSD and I'm like, all the money that yeah. I don't have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll just keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> um, oh. yeah. So that was just like last week. <laughs> oh, Jesse, this is last week. This is fresh girl. Yeah, it's fresh. So, um, so by November, if nothing happens, then my husband will try to add me to his insurance if he has it. Okay. Um, hopefully okay. something does, but we'll just, we'll just keep enjoying each, each other and trying to hope that it'll happen. So, and there's also this struggle of like being a teacher mm -hmm. and like providing for so many children and families. And like, that is your focus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I'm a teacher and I work from like September to mm -hmm, June. Mm -hmm. And where is that time for me and my family totally. when I devote so much time to other families? Um, and it's almost like that, like label of like, Oh, well, if you have to take time off, you're not a good teacher, but I'm not getting that from my work <laughs> at all. Know, totally. It's the internalized. Voice. It's just an internalized yeah. like fear and stigma. Um, so it's like, all right. So if I get pregnant this month, we'll have a baby in May, but the school year is in May. Totally. So what's going to happen? Totally. Um, so it's like this weird, like life I'm living in of like, okay, well I can't get pregnant, but yet I want to try mm -hmm. because it could just be another month that doesn't work. You're and right. then next summer I'll have a baby. Right. But right. what if that doesn't happen? Right. So question mark it's question mark question weird. mark yeah. yeah question mark question mark question mark so it's just this weird weird life i'm living in right mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. I, and my kids saying miss lil when are you gonna have a baby yeah. and so i'm like anytime that god will like sit, like anytime that it and i don't want to make god to be out like the bad person because he's like he's not it's um just the world you know yeah. And yeah, and when, when I, when it's, when it's time, I just yeah. have to say when it's time. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Which is hard too. Cause they don't get it. They don't understand the pain of, of yeah. that loaded question of yeah. we want a baby. Yeah. We've wanted a baby for over a year. Yeah. Or like, Oh, you've been with your husband for 10 years. So why don't you have a baby? Yeah. Or why don't you have kids? And they don't get it, you know? And, it, and that's okay. But here it's like this, okay, here it comes again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, insurance, infertility, OB, all that stuff. That is, this is not the first time I've heard this intersection of, 
uh, limitation. Right. It's right. awful. It's awful that it's, it's awful. that there's an insurance and that you're an employed person, like with mm -hmm. insurance. Mm -hmm. Does your family doctor have any other, could you see an OB that's not? A fertility specialist? I think that's a great question. I think that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out now. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's also so strange to think of like, we're in the midst of this pandemic. You're in the midst of your career. You're in the midst of your um, finishing your credentialing. Like, isn't it strange all the things we try to plan for? Right. And here <laughs> is like my perfect plan. Mm. And then it just, just doesn't go that way. No. <laughs> No, no. And it's like in my mind, in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe I should be waiting to like to be out of school, but it's, I'm so close. Totally. I would say pregnancy like takes it, a year anyway. Yeah. And it <laughs> takes like, yeah. No. It, it, this is, yeah, it's bananas. Uh, it is bananas. Yeah. That's my, my husband says that <laughs> this is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And the, yeah. there is an, there's an irony to the planning too, right? Yeah. Like trying to plan a human. It's like, whoa. Do you have other friends who have faced like wanting to have a kiddo and not being able to have a kiddo right away? Um, I have, okay. So I have a lot of friends that are on their second and third kiddo. Um, I have a friend that she had her first baby no problem at all mm -hmm. and now she can't have a second okay yeah that's secondary um, infertility mm -hmm. yeah secondary infertility um i also have a friend that would love to have kids but she has um ulcerative colitis oh wow yeah. and mm -hmm. she's been told you cannot have a baby until you are in like remission for like a certain amount of time um and oh my gosh her husband she and her husband just are amazing with kids and they just are so excited to yeah. have kids one day so i feel her heart too yeah. and especially with this pandemic um she cannot go back to work and she's a teacher she cannot go back to work until there's a vaccine so she's had to force herself to take this online route this next oh school goodness. year yeah She's had to change schools, which her heart is so invested mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. her home, her school there at um, her home heart school. Now she's transitioning to kids. She doesn't even know and um, online for the whole entire school year. Oh, that's so, brutal. Yeah. It's, it's like a double-edged kind of sort of like wanting to have the support of people who understand and who actually know, right? Because if you haven't had, issues with infertility, then you don't know. You can be like, oh, like that's gotta be hard, but it's like, you, it's, you don't know. You don't know the the waiting and the anticipation and the brokenness and the constant, that failing, the feeling, all the stuff, 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 stuff. So it's like craving a community that understands, then also it's overwhelming to have a community that understands because they have their own pain. Mm -hmm. It's both, exactly. it's both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So being able to balance what you need on your journey because it's unique you're the only one you know who's walked your specific journey to kids yeah but i'm praying that one day um we'll be able to have mm -hmm. a little one mm -hmm. a little lamb running around oh the house. my <laughs> god a little lamb i'm obsessed <laughs> a little lamb that is so cute <laughs>
Yeah. You know, my, um, we have a student. So my husband and I serve in ministry along with so many high schoolers. Um, and they just graduated, which was awesome. But I have, a, we have a student who says, okay, um, they call us mom and dad. It's so yeah, funny. Totally. Okay, so when are you going to have a baby? And I said, well, you know, we're working on it. And he's like, we told him, okay, we'll tell you mm-hmm. when we have a baby, mm-hmm. when we're expecting, mm-hmm. when we say, okay, you can call me Mary now. I love it. Um, Mary had oh, a little lamb. lamb. So, yeah. so he's like, okay, I'm just waiting. I also my husband and I were also in ministry for a million years and one of our students came over to our house as I was making this little onesie to try to show our grandpa all the grandparents that we were pregnant no one knew yet our families didn't know no one knew yet and he's like what's this are you guys pregnant and I'm like Bryson like nobody's supposed to know this what is that no yes stop looking (laughs) just like so yeah they're they're Students in ministry hold such a special spot. They're, they are their second, their, their <laughs> first do. family, honestly, their first family before we ever had our own kids. They were our kids. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Oh, and it's interesting too, because we serve so many children because we truly love it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, okay, what is it time yeah. that we get to yeah. Yeah. have our own? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in it and eager with you to see how it unfolds, right? Because you're in it, you're in the before, right, of the story. And it's yeah. a lot of times we like, we can talk about your cancer journey as a before, during, after. And then right. this is this other piece that's like, okay, well, I'm still like in the waiting. I'm still like, how is this part going to happen? What's, mm-hmm. what's going to be required of me? What does this look like? And, yeah. and there's a, there's a difference to being in it in real time, then this is the story I have before, during, after. And it's interesting you say that because I just thought of like before my cancer journey, I wasn't expecting that. Mm -mm. So I wasn't picturing my life in front of me. Like, what is cancer going to be like? You know, not until I found that out, then I started wondering what it was like. But here I'm like, almost like, okay, when we were just talking about when I was in the hospital, my mom and I talking about my future husband. So like right now I'm in that before stage Mm -hmm. of like, okay, Mm -hmm. our future Mm -hmm. child or children, what is that going to look like? Yeah. 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 That's the expectation. You mean it's like you're like pregnant with hope. You're pregnant with the waiting. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm welcoming it whenever. Mm -hmm there's time whenever it's time yep keep me posted mm-hmm. i will <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's an there's a i was just talking to somebody bef- before this about um being in the parts of our story where we don't know yet and there's few seasons of life that offer such rich potency and mm-hmm. that when it's already spelled out or we already know and while there is agony there it's agony and ecstasy it is it is heat and and <laughs> intensity and hope you know and also empty and also in you know there's and hunger it's a lot you know but there's nothing like that that type mm-hmm. of anticipation yeah I'm glad that you brought this up. We have yet to have had a trailer cast conversation surrounding infertility and, and pregnancy and hope and 
so I, I think this is gonna be something that definitely opens up a lot of like questions and comfort and just camaraderie um, for women yeah. that are like, yeah, I'm on that journey too. And it feels good to hear and someone else talk about it. Exactly. And there's so many women on that journey and oh, yeah. um, so many women, and we need to talk about it more mm-hmm. because sometimes we forget to talk about like the hurt because it opens a can of worms, but there's a community that's waiting to talk about it. Or maybe some people are too shy to talk about it. Um, I just recently, like the last two months, I started tracking my hormones, um, using this app called Mm pre-mom and I'm not like endorsed by them or anything like that. Um, just, I started, um, I like stumbled upon it and it's a, like a digital, it's an app and it's a digital way to track your hormones. And there's a Facebook group that so many women are using and are constantly on. And it's such an encouraging group. Like one woman will say, okay, well, this is happening to me today. Or ladies, I'm out for this month again. Like here's cycle day one again, or, um, okay, I'm in the waiting window. Who's with me? Or, um, just like women from all over and they're, part of this group, um, just talking to each other and encouraging one another and, um, and I'm loving it and it's really cool. And I wouldn't have found that if I didn't like stumble upon this tracking. You're right. So is that P R E pre mom? P-R-E-M-O-M. Love it. All right. I'm writing that down just so that I can put that in the notes because that's the, that's a really, um, pre mom. Okay. Pre-mom. And it's it's called Pre-Mom. They just updated their app again and they're very receptive to their audience. So mm-hmm. they're trying to make their app the best way to suit their um their audience. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way for like preventing, but it's also a great way to track because you know your actual window. Yes. Yes, Jesse, um, this is so cool. And the community, right? Because there's so there's the tech <laughs> yeah, there's the technology, which is clearly helpful, but there's the community of women that are like, who's with me? Oh my gosh, who's with me? Mm-hmm who's with me in this. Yeah. Um, so it's been really great to, to, to hear these women and know that I'm not alone and know Mm -hmm. that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And, Mm um, yeah, that's a beautiful question. Mm -hmm. Who's with me? I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I appreciate your, your soup. It's like this beautiful, hopeful curiosity and exuberance for life. And it's just a treat to get to hear what you've experienced and what you're experiencing right now and your perspective on all those things, education and surviving and love. And it's beautiful. So thank you for listening um, always to TrailerCast. It's so special to get to talk to people that have been listening to this show for a long time and then to actually get to come on and be a part of it. And uh, that is open to each of you who are listening, that if you have a desire to have your own TrailerCast conversation and you can stay anonymous if you want, um, we can record it and you can decide after the fact that you're like, actually, I don't want this to go live. That's okay too. Like the point is that we get to meet heart to heart or soul to soul and open up something beautiful. And that's what today's conversation with Jesse like continues to remind me. It's like, I always get caught off guard at like the beauty of 
of survival, the beauty of how simple love is. You hear like Jessie, just the emotion of what she was met with when she started talking about her husband. How perfect is that? You know, it's so cool. I just, it just, it, re, it reminds me of like that, that feeling of young love when it's just all possibility <laughs> and it's like all right in front of you. I want to talk about a couple things from the episode. Um, and let's just start at the end, the infertility journey. There, that community, um, on Facebook, when someone said, who's with me? Like, oh, what a beautiful question. What if, what if we had groups like that where it's like, hey, I'm having a really low week right now. Who's with me? I'm having a really hard time. Who's with me? I'm feeling really anxious. Who's with me? I'm feeling really lonely. Who's with me? Is anyone out there? Is there, is, is there someone who can be with me? for me. I, I just love it. I'm stuck on that question. I wrote it down. I keep circling it and circling it. I think that that we would be brazen enough to ask who's with me. Then we might begin to realize that there this is a beaten path we're walking. Whether that's infertility or loneliness or what the heck am I doing out here next? that we are not the first people who have walked this path or asked that question or struggled to figure out the meaning of life. And so I just want to put it forward to you. Where can you ask that question? Who's with me? Where do you need to ask that question about what topic of your life, about what, what part that you're, you're living in that you need to say, hey, I need a person in this space. That this came up for me actually a week ago. I was just having one of those days where it was like everything was falling apart. And I was like, I need a person here with me. And so I ended up just texting a, texting a friend, another fellow therapist, and was like, I need you. Can I need you? And it was hard and relieving at the same time to ask for what I needed to say, who's, who's with me. I need someone with me in the pit. And I can't tell you what a gift it was to get to just be like, Oh, the stuff, my heart, all my stuff. I just needed to come forward. I don't want to hold it by myself. And so sometimes I think about like, who are those people? Are they, are they, are they friends? Are they, is it this podcast even? Are there people that you need to know that you've been there too or you're there now and you don't want to keep doing it alone, but you need to be known in that space? Like That's what community is. That's the resounding question and answer. Who's with me? I am. We are. You are. You're not alone. Sometimes we have to ask the question, who was with me, to realize that we're not alone. Because when we are swirling in our own story, we often feel like it's just an echo chamber. So, little rabbit hole there for you. But I encourage you to test that out to see who's with you in the space that you're inhabiting. Um, and then just wanting to echo again for people that are facing infertility, she referenced Primo, and it's P R E M O M. 
um, again, zero connection or um, this is not an advertisement. I just wanted to be clear about the app that Jesse was referencing in case anybody else was looking into that or wanting some community um, around that specific concept. Um, the other thing I want to hit on, and I know that this is going to be, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be, <laughs> is this. Um, God. I often stray from wanting to say God or wanting to um, go here, be, mainly in the heart of it, is because that experience is so sacred. So this the experience of what is bigger than, greater than, more than, higher than, deeper than is such a uniquely sacred space it is such a private like it's the most personal when i think about my experiences with divinity or supernatural it is more sacred to me than any relationship i have on earth including my husband and children and i mean that exactly the way that i said it there is something so deeply personal and intense about it that it's hard to talk about Whereas the other relationships feel human where I'm like, it's, it's messy, it's complicated, it's this, it's that. Like I can, I can put it on the table in a way that I feel so, like open about it. And like, yeah, the divinity one feels like it's hard to say and hard to put into words. And so wherever you are on your journey in that space too, like I've got a million questions. <laughs> I've got a million questions and more questions than answers. And, and maybe the only thing I want to say is this, that I don't care what language people use, but I know there's no way to erase that deep knowing when you come face to face. When you, cross or intersect with something that is beyond what you've known in this realm of like the here and now. The spaces where that has happened for me most have been in my most moments of despair. Like I can remember, I have always driven to the beach when I've been in agony and just kind of sat on in my car, usually right at the shore, just like needing a little sacred place to just cry. And when I got the phone call my brother had been in that skateboard accident and we didn't yet know that it was going to be fatal and I just drove down there I was like I'm just a mess and in that car at the beach I just felt like you know like when the temperature changes and you can it's like you can tell the difference between the temperature you're in and the temperature you're now in so like you're like outside and you walk in a store that has air conditioning and you're like, oh, this is different. That's the type of palpable experience I mean. Like I'm in the car and I'm about to like lose my very best friend. And I experience this like temperature change where I'm like, oh, I feel covered. Like someone just put a blanket over me. Like I feel this weighted, cooled experience of... I don't know. Is it peace? Um, stillness? Okayness? All I know is that it. There's no way I could I could deny it. There was just something that was like, oh, this is happening. I'm not. I can't make this up because I'm experiencing it. 
So whatever that's worth, I just, I want you to think about what you know. Not, maybe not even what you believe or what you've been told or taught or read, but what do you know in your bones? What do you, what do you know or th- <laughs> when you look at a sunset or experience love or do something daring or laugh your guts out? Like, what do you know in those spaces? You keep going there. That's what I think. That's, that is what spirituality and, and all that looks like for me in this space is, is I'm going to keep going where the life is and where the love is and where the light is. And, and if my language isn't as specific as it used to be with big pronouns and capital letters, then that's okay. It's just as glorious and magic and free and phenomenal and just fucking epic as it always has been. And I'm here for it. That's my other tangent is diving into the spaces, however you call it, just keep going. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and this post conversation, um, slash rambling, slash musing, slash remembering. Um, I feel grateful today for the conversation with Jesse to remember some parts of my own story that I haven't visited in a while and to remember to remember hope and to remember joy and to remember overcoming and to remember the divine. Cheers.